0: No, 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 no. You done got me talking politics. I didn't want to.
1: to get an education. I'm going to have to be careful out here. No matter who you are. Where are you from? Orange County. It's near Disneyland. No matter where you're from. You live near Disneyland. Welcome to the real world. No matter what you believe. What you learn is up to you. than I thought it was going to be, you know? It seems like everybody's sticking to their own. People don't realize how far down the drain America's gone. Columbia Pictures presents a new film from John Singleton. Information is power. This is power.
0: You're dead. There are many ways to fight a battle. Some people use their mind. Some people use their fists. New college boy the basic premise oh,
1: of democratic your... theory you are entitled world, you to life know. liberty and, and the pursuit of happiness you young,
0: gifted, and mm. with hello how are you how's your son he is Pretty much okay. Right when I was heading outside, he was angry that he lost a round in his Star Wars video game. But well,
2: if he wants to be a Leaf fan, he better get used to losing.
0: Right. (laughs) (laughs) How are they doing so far this year? I haven't really.
2: All right, it's a Canadian league, right? So it's um, I can say the games are more interesting because. You tend to be more invested when it's other Canadian teams, right? So they've done well. I think they've won the majority of their games. I think at least 80%, uh, which is pretty good for, you know, playing a handful of teams over and over again. It's, um, I miss the crowd, so. You know, I yeah. get why we can't have crowds. And I get why it's like a Canadian league and how the Raptors are in Florida, because obviously you can't have teams coming back and forth between Canada and the United States right now. Um, but it's hard, you know, like you, you miss, like, you know, you're, you're a sports fan. Like, it's just not the same, but better than nothing.
0: Fortunately, the Blue Jackets channel doesn't pump in the fake crowd sounds. I enjoy it better without them because it's not like I see the empty stadium. Yeah, don't give me this yeah. ah, bullshit. I mean, don't they still die. play the you know when it, whenever the Blue Jackets score, which wasn't very much until they traded Pierre Luc Dubois, <laughs> uh, and then they got like five goals the day that they traded him because uh, it definitely changed the mood and the. Locker room, but anyway, at home, I mean, they still fire off the cannon and play that AC/DC riff when they score, which you know is good for the players. But I feel like absolutely, you know, I'm just glad sports are
2: on because we're on another uh, stay-at-home order here in Ontario, so our numbers went up like they would over Christmas or New Year's. People will see people like it's just human nature, and so we. The stay at home order is like, it's such a joke. Like, it's like Canadians are pretty passive. Like, if you yell at them enough, they'll just be like, okay, I'll stay home. Like, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, numbers have dropped. And even us, the highest numbers was 3,000 in the province of Ontario cases per day. And that was like bad, bad Ontario. So, at least with the sports being on, it gives you something to do that's not just Netflix and Prime and. Like, cause that's great. But like, I, I really enjoy sports. Like I was cheering for the Buffalo bills, even, even yesterday, even though I knew they really didn't have a strong chance, they still went from being laughingstock of the NFL or like to being, you know, at the AFC championship. So it's, it's been good for that. You know, I'll take what I can get. Like, really, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah. And it's just such a screwed season. Like, I miss, as much as I say I enjoy the Canadian piece of it, you know, I miss, I do miss some American teams. Like, I didn't care about the West Coast teams, but like, you know, Blue Jackets or, or Boston Bruins or like New York Rangers, like that I enjoy, but I don't give two shits less about some team out like the LA Kings, I could care less, right? But, right. um, But yeah, we'll see. Hopefully September. Or October when we start the twenty twenty one, twenty twenty two season, things are normal. Whatever Yeah.
0: I mean there's there's a bit of a better <laughs> chance of that now. It's, do you know offhand a roundabout population of Ontario?
2: Yeah, fourteen million. It's the same population as Michigan.
0: Oh, okay. Uh we have a few yeah. million fewer. We're at about twelve million people in Ohio. Mm. And we haven't had any stay at home orders. And we've had over 10,000 cases a day. The governor's like, it would be cool if everybody, you know, washed hands and didn't get together. But I can't tell you not to. But we advise you to, you know, do this, that, that, and the other thing. I'm going to institute a curfew, but we will not punish you if you break it.
2: (laughs) Yeah, see, that's where in Quebec they did issue a curfew and you can't be out past 8 p.m. and they've charged people. but Quebec's like they're cowboys. They don't give a fuck <laughs> in Quebec. Uh they don't. Like they don't they're like come at me, bro. Like that's the whole province. So um it Ontario went wild or something <laughs> like that. It's true. It's true. Like they're they're motherfuckers, but um Ontario is just very much like bad Ontario. Bad. Mm. We told you not to see people and you did. Bad. Um and that's like enough. And most people will, you know, stay home. And even then, like, the cases, as much as, you know, like, I get it. You know, for some people, they're just so exhausted and they just want to see their family and friends. Like, we all make stupid decisions some days, right? Like, things do, you know, so the cases went up and then people all stayed home because we're all poor after Christmas anyway. And, you know, they're going back down again. And the vaccine's being distributed. And I'm not seeing too many arguments on the science of it but I also have got rid of all those people on my Facebook <laughs> I, I really have like honestly Darren I've been like all right no nope, you sound stupid unfriend no nope, <laughs> I don't really like that post unfriend um because I still see the point I don't need to watch people that are what I consider um you know anti-vaxxers or just uh anti-trans or I don't need to see that shit like if that's the way you feel that's fine I don't need to be friends with you and look at it yeah
0: um, I don't need to be a part of your foolishness.
2: Yeah, right? Like, I don't need to observe that. I don't agree with you. I don't agree with any of your points. We're not even gl- close friends anyway. You just add to me because we're part of a horror community, and I don't know who you are. So I'm definitely not going to invest any time with you that I don't feel I need to. Um, but yeah, so it's been, you know, I don't know. I think that's good. And I really enjoyed your guys' uh, podcast last week with uh, Vanessa and Court. Court's so angry. Court, oh, yeah. I don't know if Court. you're recording this right now, but Court, I am recording. Yes. I tell, was just as Court. fucking angry as you were. And I was like, Yeah, Court, you tell, you tell Bo. Come on, Bo. Stand up. Um, I like it. I like his fire. I like Court's fire. And it motivates he, me.
0: He is has been like that. I don't think I've ever had him on when he's been in a well, it doesn't fucking matter sort of mood.
2: Yeah. Like He knows what he's talking about, and you guys all do. Every single one of you is extremely knowledgeable and, and angry to an extent. You know, that's the one thing I always, when I listen to uh, what I consider left-wing people that are American, you guys are really angry. And I can understand why, because you feel like you're constantly con- explaining concepts to people and they're not grasping them for whatever reason. They, they choose not to, or and their arguments back to them aren't <sighs> logical, Um, you know, for example, I had someone ask me if 70% of my income was taxed. And I said, Mm -hmm. like, they just assume because we have, you know, what people consider universal healthcare, that 70% of my income goes to that. I'd be like, how do you, no Canadians could buy food and own homes. Like, how does that even make any sense? Like, logically process that information and go, how does this make sense? And I feel like when you're, you know, you're, and that's me up against just one or two people that don't understand it, I can't imagine you guys trying to explain certain, you know, socialist concepts or leftist concepts to other people. It must be very frustrating.
0: It, it can be, especially I I can be an irrational person. I will, I will admit <laughs> that, but I am very much anchored in a belief that logic is logical. And that if I just, <laughs> you know, if I just say, no, but look at this, this is the <laughs> thing. And if somebody said, nope, I just don't know what to do. Like when alternative facts started going around, I was like, "That's no, that's not how that goes." Well, and it's
2: just even like, like the attack on capital, on the capital was was white supremacy. Like that's that where that all bleeds from. And you can be like, "Oh no, it's not," but there's a problem with systemic racism. Vanessa talked about this. It's been around for a very long time. Black Lives Matter may have come up in 2020 because people were home and they were paying attention more. But this has been a problem for a long time, like very long time, like hundreds and hundreds of years. And I I hear you guys talk about, you know, the results of this and people just can't seem to put that together. And, you know, it's okay at one time if you supported Trump and his policies four years ago. And then, you know, as time went on, you're like, oh, this guy... Maybe there's some problems. Like it's okay to admit that you were wrong. That happens
0: because, yeah. like, he ran. <laughs> most people you know? thought, yeah, most people thought he was full of shit when he did this. But when he ran, he ran on a platform of better health care, more yeah. infrastructure. I am a friend of the LGBTQ community. Yeah, uh, yeah. All like, this other shit. I'm Although he did man, start right? out with Mexico sends rapists. You know, so it's like
2: yes. Mm-hmm. Okay,
0: at what point do can you ignore – and some people never found that line, which, which fucking surprised me. I mean, I well, hate presidents I now. voted for.
2: You know, like this came down to – you know, it's not even like Joe Biden was the best choice. He was the only choice in the state of emergency. <laughs> like it was like either you have somebody who is – absolutely no concept of what's happening in this country or you have someone who at least looks like they believe in science. Like that was your choices. You know, it's a two party system as much as people like same with us in Canada, it's a three party system. You know, you have to sometimes and no people don't like to hear sometimes you have to strategically vote. And I know people get all uppity about that, but there are times where it comes down to a situation where your country's in dire need and you guys were in dire need. Like yeah bad <laughs> so well
0: here's here's to hope uh and here's well, to hope. I, we talked about this better, oh, right? go ahead yeah here's something so, better right uh that is something that most people can agree upon and i there there is a lot of nervousness on this side of the border and on this side of the aisle that there will be i don't think that there's going to be too many people that you know quote unquote go back to brunch I think there's going to be those people, but I think that this fucked up, I mean, not that shit wasn't fucked up before, but this hornet, this magnifying glass on the country burning everyone with shittiness has some people that aren't just going to be okay with how things were eight years ago or four years ago.
2: Right. And... You know, I just, I, I look at some very, um, you know, hierarchy of needs, right? And I'm an outsider, right? So I don't know as deep as, as yourself and Vanessa and Cord and Bo know. I only know, you know, what I read in the news and what I've read in school. I did take an America in the 60s course. I did a lot of history of North America and America when I was in university. I wanted to be a history teacher. Um, so I know a lot of that, but I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not living in the States, so I'm not living it every day. But from an outsider looking in, the amount of deaths that were coming from COVID-19 alone should have been a major concern and should have been acted on more seriously. And some of the advice that the outgoing president was giving was dangerous to people's health. (laughs) Right there. At least you have a president that's not going to tell people to drink bleach or disinfectant. You know, it's I don't I don't think Joe Biden's going to do anything special. I honestly think he's just going to be there kind of like white bread. <laughs> he's just there. And I think if he like gets your country a little bit, you know, like condemns white supremacy, which he's done, you know, make sure that those children that are being killed and held. And I agree in the term concentration camps are reunited to their families. Like, even if it's just basically repairing, that's okay for now. You know, I don't think he's going to be perfect by any stance. I don't think he's, you know, but no politician is. Like, <laughs> it's just a matter that you had someone that was so bad for everything, for everyone, unless you had, you know, maybe very specific views. You didn't believe in coronavirus and you were a white supremacist and, I don't know, or you were just so, anti- like, anti-everything else that you just believed in him no matter what. Because, um, yeah, I mean, I can't really get how anyone would still be behind him now. Kind of.
0: I don't know. me. <laughs> it's right. It's odd. Uh, there were not very many people that showed up. There weren't a whole lot that showed up before the election in any of the, uh, pro Trump protests downtown. Cause the state Capitol building is here, yeah. but there, there were fewer at the stop the steal, whatever the fuck rally that happened the Sunday after the insur the failed insurrection. And I found this out uh, <laughs> at least from, uh, one source that I generally trust said that, uh, I, I don't know if you've ever heard of Roger Stone. If you've... I know, I haven't. Okay. He was, he worked for Richard Nixon. Okay. Who you have heard of. and Of course, yes. <laughs> he, he was a, a, like a Republican character. Like he worked for Nixon. He's got a tattoo of Nixon on his back. A uh, nice, old okay. white haired guy. He co- sort of looks like the penguin from Batman. Uh, you know what?
2: Now that you're describing him, I do know who you're talking
0: about. <laughs> okay, uh, he he was in, he was involved in the Florida presidential election dispute yes. in 2000 yes. with Al Gore. Yes. He claims yes. that he organized all the people to show up uh, for the Brooks Brothers riot. But yes, I saw yesterday that he copyrighted a all that other stuff stopped the steal in twenty fifteen or two thousand sixteen. So really? yeah, they were just waiting to throw it out there whenever they needed to. It's total fucking Astroturf <laughs> movement.
2: <laughs> That's really funny. Um yeah, it's there was something that uh that Bo said. He said uh, I miss the days when Republicans and Democrats were just debating over how to spend money. And um, I don't think, you know, Trump really counts as a real um, Republican. I think he falls in a political category all on his own, no matter how he identifies. But, um, yeah, it was just, it was a really good podcast you guys did. I really enjoyed listening to Vanessa. She's a very intelligent woman, um, clear speaker. I reached out to her on Facebook. Um, I'm going to listen to some more up of your episodes. She recommended a couple for me to check out. She thinks she's radical. I don't think she's radical. I think she's probably just a Canadian living <laughs> in America. So...
0: <laughs> you know, she's getting closer. She's born in Alabama, and she's up in New York now. So she's getting closer. Right? She's getting closer to that border. Um, and, you know, not to say that all Canadians are
2: liberal, right? We do have some very right-wing Canadians. and But I don't think our... You know, in the few cases, there is a right wing as a Republican. Um, Yes, that does exist. But our right wing is still, you know, universal health care. And, like, there's still other things that come with the Canadian identity that most Canadians will associate with. And they don't want to have that damaged or taken away from them. So, but, yeah, it was anyway, it was a great podcast. I recommend Well, if you guys are listening to us now, then you hopefully have listened to that. If you haven't, please go back and listen to it. You'll learn some stuff. So.
0: What do you think of the the Canadian politicians that are trying to get parts of the country annexed by America because they're big Trump fans? I don't know if they're still doing that now that he's fucking gone.
2: Um, you're always going to have people who like to buy into what somebody's selling. And I think there's a lot of people who feel that they want to blame minority groups quote-unquote for where they are and that includes politicians like we have politicians that get elected in certain parts of this country where diversity is is not that big you know we're broken into provinces and every province has its own natural resources um population base and you're gonna have you know provinces that have white supremacy or people who Watch Fox News and believe that Donald Trump is the man. And, and, you know, I would go online and watch news stuff, and i see people wishing that Donald Trump was our prime minister. It happens, right? Um, I like to think those are the loud minority. Just like I believe the the Donald Trump supporters that are still remaining in the United States are the loud minority. And I, I find myself constantly correcting family members when they say Americans are stupid because they voted for Donald Trump, of saying stats. And just saying, because you see a handful of Americans on the news that are engaging in these things, doesn't mean every they speak for every single American, just like not every single Canadian politician. Like we have a politician, for example, in Kingston, which is in Ontario, who doesn't believe that coronavirus is a real thing, and continues to host 15-person parties every weekend and shares pictures to Twitter. Like, that's an example, right? So all, all walks of life you're gonna get depending where you live. And really, that's what our movie talked about. Yes. Good you know? segue.
0: <laughs> Heather from the Friday Nightmares podcast with me once again at the beginning of this semantic episode. Welcome and thank you for coming back so soon.
2: Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed when we talked about the platform last time, but now like I'm even angrier about other things and Darren and I are equally angry, so it's great. Uh, you're going to listen to two white people be angry for however long we're angry for that we talk for. Right. Um, so I'm really
0: and we probably won't do too much hockey talk because we also talk about that as well. to balance. that offer. Yeah, probably not too much. But I did want to say since we were talking about America and Canada and we will bring up parallels and shared things. But uh, I saw talking about the trade, the hockey trade uh, from Columbus, Pierre-Luc Dubois and from the Jets, the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, Patrick Laine uh, one of the sports people said imagine wanting out of Columbus so bad and wanting out of Manitoba so bad that you end up in the American Manitoba and you end up in the Canadian Columbus
2: <laughs> that's really funny actually <laughs> <laughs> we always joke that uh, Manitoba, from Ontario yet again, let's let's make something very clear here I live in southern Ontario, I'm 45 minutes outside of Toronto uh, which is a very very diverse populated um, econ area, you know, you call Manitoba like, like the boring place where hope goes to die, <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm sure Westerners would not appreciate that um, at all, but, uh, but yeah, it's a joke we have. So yeah, it's true. I don't know. They're just switching, like, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't know. But
2: don't uh, know. yeah, I've definitely right. in
0: my travels met people that wondered why I didn't live on a farm. When I was from Ohio.
2: <laughs> well, that's what we automatically assume, right? Yeah um i've driven through ohio and i've never seen so many dead deers
0: off oh. your highways
2: you obviously have a high deer population
0: very high uh, we even have a place called sherwood forest and uh it is f- full of deer
2: <laughs> as you go there to rob the rich Darren? In-
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes <to the> <laughs> when it's not hunting season because i do have the pointy hair yeah. sticking off my head and Many Dick Cheney fans, uh, in the you know, because there's Cleveland, Columbus, Cincinnati, right, and to yes. to an extent, yeah, you know, Dayton and other places like that. But uh, those Dayton. are uh <laughs> elec- electorally, they are blue dots in a sea of red.
2: Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Ohio is an interesting state. I've only driven through. I wanted to go to Cleveland and I wanted to go to Cincinnati because I drove through Cincinnati or past it, and it looked incredible, beautiful. In Cleveland, I just wanted to go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, um, but I hear it's not what I think it's going to be. So,
0: have you been? I actually a... have not been. Have well, I have plenty of friends that have been there, but I, like a like a museum, you know, uh, it sort of depends yeah. what their uh, what their displays are curated towards at the time you go. But
2: which makes sense, right? You're yeah. you want to be there when there's something of interest to you. How far are you from Cleveland? Like where? Where's your exact hometown? Like Columbus I don't think you live in is one of the big right
0: cities. in the very middle. So you do live in Columbus? Yes. Okay. I okay. live uh, you know maybe let's see 10 15 minute walk from Ohio State campus. Nice. Uh, you know maybe freeway or on the metro 20 minutes or so to downtown. Well you got a metro so I already know you're legit. <laughs> well it's only buses. Oh, Uh, (laughs) okay. You're not that legit. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. They they had trolleys and trains, but Republicans sort of took over. We're an extremely gerrymandered state where uh, Mm. Democrats and Republicans pretty much split the vote 50 50 almost every single year. But at least from the 10 years ago when they drew the districts, uh, without fail, no matter what, if it was 40% or 56% of the vote. Republicans basically had a 75% versus 25% winning really? of all seats.
2: Yeah. You see, that's the interesting thing across the states, right? Like, and I don't feel like I understand, like, there's certain states that are always Republican, which makes sense, right? Like, we'll say yeah. something like Texas, for example, right? And then there's states like California, which my understanding is usually Democratic. But there's other states where I just – and and also being Canadian, I obviously focus a lot on my own politics and how things are running in my own country. And of Secondary, I'll go to the states. It, it confuses me, the whole structure of where a state will switch from blue to red and, and vice versa. I think it's really interesting.
0: They call us purple. Uh, purple because yeah.
2: it's a blend? Because
0: mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> it goes back and forth. Like the, the governor we had before this guy – who is getting destroyed by Republicans because he asks people to wear masks and he called Joe Biden President-elect Biden after the election. Oh, imagine. Yeah, imagine that fucked up shit. (sighs) Crazy. He's a terrible terrible person, but he's the regular Republican terrible. But the governor we had before him was a Democrat. And one of our senators is a Democrat and one of our senators is a Republican. Because those are statewide elections. That's why it's sort of seesaws like that but with the districts like uh you've probably heard of jim jordan
2: yes i have heard of jim jordan
0: he's in a district that is shaped really fucked up because they do this little hook to suck up the population of a prison to count as population so that's why in prison
2: you can vote in the states
0: no Oh, okay. uh, and a lot of felons, a lot of felons aren't allowed to vote. Okay, uh, even okay. if you're out of prison. Uh, so
2: even if you've been cleared, like you're out of prison, you yeah, served you've, your time, you still you can't served vote. Your
0: time. A lot of places there are, uh, there are a lot of anti. Uh, see, the Supreme Court threw out most of the Voting Rights Act and shit, saying it was unnecessary. And there's shit like all these gerrymandered districts, and then states have like, uh, Florida, uh, most recently, had a thing where. If you were a convicted felon and you were out of prison, you still couldn't vote. And then through a citizen's initiative, they got on the ballot to restore those voting rights. Mm-hmm. It, it passed and it was going to uh, restore voting rights to over a million people. And then the mm-hmm. Republicans. and I can't
2: imagine what the cultural group was of that million people. But anyway, yeah. continue. Yeah, you can, you can
0: only imagine <laughs> for the large part. <laughs> and hedging on that bet that uh, different kinds of people vote different kinds of ways, the, yes. the Republicans that control the state government and the legislature instituted more things to restrict that. So I, I was calling it a poll tax because yeah. uh, you know how – well, I don't know if you know, but we have a for-profit prison system here in America.
2: No, I did not know that you guys – because that's not what we have here.
0: Okay, yeah. Uh, We we have a for-profit prison system, so there's a lot of debt incurred. And so the Republicans passed a thing saying that, yes, you could get your right to vote back if every single bit of your fines and your debt from your incarceration is paid off.
2: So, you know, that's interesting when we look at the layers of systematic racism, right? And how that trickles back to more arrests, um, and you know, and yet again, I want to clarify something. I am a white woman speaking of this. I cannot relate. I cannot empathize. But I'm just sharing what I have learned, and my advocacy for it to change, because I know I'm privileged, and I want to acknowledge my privilege as a white woman, heterosexual white woman living in Canada. Um, but it's. Uh, there's so many layers to that, <laughs> you know, why we have a certain population group of um, we'll say African-Americans in prison and then how they're continuously being, you know, profit. So you get more people in the prison. I'm assuming you make more money. Is that how it works?
0: Yes. And you can okay. do all sorts of fucked up shit. Like, uh, sorry. Uh, continue. I'll, I'll add. No, it no. More.
2: I, I, that makes sense. Right. So you, they make money. So you have more arrests. And then when people get out, you, you, segregate them more by not allowing them to vote after they've served their time for possibly things they didn't or may or may or not done. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, for blue-collar crimes, if that, well, we have individuals that are white men competing completing, uh, white-collar crimes. And that's not like, you know, people who are like, oh, the, you know, that's feelings. No, that's facts. <laughs> Numbers and stats back that up. Um, so, yeah, that's really, I, I did not know the system, the prison system was for profit. And that makes a lot of sense when you look at, you know, social issues that, that are layered into that, right? It's it's not just the surface level of, oh, we have, you know, a specific ethnic group in, in prison. It's now when they get out, they can't vote after they've served their time. And I'm assuming you have to be an American citizen to vote in the States. Is that how it works or...?
0: For uh, I think it is you have to be a citizen to vote in federal elections, mm-hmm. but some states or some municipalities or cities have things that you just have to be a resident to vote in. Okay,
2: so it depends on the yeah, level it, of government. I it, guess it okay. depends
0: on the level of the government. And we do have some federal prisons, but private prisons are allowed. Uh, I'm pretty sure that. So it's just, I mean, we have politicians that came from those industries. Uh, especially after the Citizens United (laughs) ruling in 2012 that granted corporations the rights of citizens, but not citizens the right of corporations. Uh, Yes, I
2: saw that in the corporation documentary that came out, which they did a sequel to recently, actually. I haven't seen the sequel. I need to check that. Oh, it just came out. Don't worry. It will make us even more angry. we got to watch it and then talk about it. So we're super angry right off the heels of it. Of course. That's really interesting. I did not know that. And yeah, even though you have federal, and I understand that, the fact that you even have a privatized model for that mm-hmm. is, um, you know, creates a, a very clear profit system uh, that's going to benefit one group and not benefit another.
0: Yep. And private companies running some of those concentration camps that we were talking about earlier.
2: Yeah. Like, that's um, that's frightening. That's frightening. And, um, you know, it's... It, I don't know when you want to break into the film.
0: We could do that now, and we will tan- tangent as tangents happen. Uh, okay, we are talking about 1995's Higher Learning, written and directed by John Singleton, starring all kinds of fucking people from the 90s. Yeah,
2: man. <laughs> it was like the 90s threw up in this, in this film.
0: Yeah, you know, we um, got, <laughs> do you want to list off some of the people that well, you're Well, like, Jennifer
2: no. Conley or Mara Apps, Ice Cube. You know I like Ice Cube in films. I like how um real he is. I feel like he doesn't act. Like I feel like that's just him. <laughs> it seems like, like it. it,
0: and that would explain why right. he started out in Boys in the Hood and Higher Learning, and now he does the the parenting type. Are we there yet? Yeah, he's movies. like this is
2: my life now. I got his yeah. kids and <laughs> <laughs> trying to make it with my kids. Um, but yeah, it was it was first time watch for me actually.
0: I am so um, interested to hear. I I kind of want you to just. Take me through. Okay. I, I put higher learning. We wanted to talk about racism. Mm-hmm. You sat down to watch higher learning. Take me through it.
2: So to start off with, my understanding of racism has changed dramatically. You know, I think um, I'm going to be very bold here. I think Darren and I are around the same age. I'm turning 38 in April. And are you around the same age?
0: Yes. I am older than you, and you can take take joy in that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Huge joy. You're probably, like, one year older than me. <laughs> 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 ooh, ooh, like a My birthday's in
0: September.
2: <laughs> oh, there you go. Okay. Um. So, when in the 90s in Canada, there's a lot of this, like, get rid of racism, we're all the same, skin color doesn't matter. And I can appreciate the sentiment of this, and I saw a lot of this in this film, which is from 1995, but as each year continues for me. Now, I work at a post-secondary institution. I'm currently doing my master's of education and doing a lot of stuff on diversity and um, systematic racism and, and those issues in higher learning. And I, I pulled from this, there was actually a, a session where – uh, professor that's played by Lawrence Fishburne says to Omar, Omar Epps, um, oh, you know, he talks about how he's there on a scholarship and he has to work harder than the white kids and it's not fair, which he's right. And there's levels to why that is. And he's told, no, you know what? Like, you're just, it's not your race that got you here. It's your social economic situation, which is a direct cross." from your race. So that's where in 2021 um I think that whole scene is incorrect because really we have created systematic racism as a as a white privileged um society that has oppressed people that are not white privileged and it is easier for us to attain funds we have generational wealth we have lots of other factors so no we're not relying on these scholarships, whether it be football or basketball or track, which, you know, predominantly are sports that are populated by African Americans, and have these strings attached. We are going through on generational wealth to go to post secondary. So, you know, this was made in nineteen ninety-five. So I'm not criticizing the movie for that. This is twenty-five years later. And we're looking at it from a different perspective. But then there were other scenes where I was like, right on the money, the way that they handled white supremacy. I thought and this was pretty damn fucking accurate. They didn't make it okay at the end of the movie. It was no, these guys are white supremacists and they're pieces of shit and they're going to do these pieces of shit things again. Um, It it had it almost kind of went into areas that were very 2021 while kind of keeping that foot back into 1995 with the idea of wanting to have a you know, this cultural event that was going to bring all groups together, uh, great intention. And then that's when, of course, the supremacy or the, the Nazis or whatever attack and they start shooting people. And, you know, there is that thought of, you know, we can all get along and be as one, but we're not all the same. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. We all have various cultural beliefs or experiences to bring to the table, but we're not treated the same. And it's not the same, and I think that this was something that this movie kind of danced on for 25 years. Later, we're still kind of trying to keep a little bit of a. But it's okay if we all love each other enough.
0: So <laughs> it was
2: good, though. It was it was it was starting that trend. That's what I thought. Those were my initial thoughts on it.
0: Yeah. Well, what is? Uh, I think her name is Kristen, played by yes, Christy Kristen. Swanson. Says something about the commonality of our differences should be what we enjoy about each other or something like that. I don't don't know if you're very familiar with John Singleton, the writer-director.
2: No, I'm not.
0: Okay. This is his third movie. His second movie was I don't think I've ever seen it. It was called Poetic Justice. But his first movie was Boys in the Hood. And that's where he hooked up artistically working with Ice Cube and uh, Lawrence Fishburne is in that. And have you seen Boys in the Hood?
2: No, I haven't seen Boys in the Hood, but I probably will now after seeing this. (laughs) I feel like there's a lot of movies from the 90s I miss that I need to go back and see.
0: I would I would recommend that Uh, (laughs) you you may see a trend in John Singleton uh, is from L.A., so a lot of the stuff takes place in and around L.A. Uh, What Columbus University in this movie is just somewhere in California and it's not Orange County, because Kristen's from Orange County.
2: Yeah, near Disneyland. Yeah, near Disneyland.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. John Singleton does these representation of real life stories. And um, he died, uh, I think, two years ago, The uh, John Singleton did. So he, with with higher learning, he wanted to make a film about America using a college campus as a microcosm because that's, you know, what they are.
2: Yeah, and uh, and I want to say this represents Canada too. Okay. This, this is, we have the same problems. <laughs> same problems, despite what any Canadian wants to pretend. <laughs> we have systematic racism here and in our post-secondary institutions. So, yes.
0: So, so we've got the 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 little things that are kind of big things. You know, we've got the campus police that are, always fucking given fudge and the other guys shit just mm-hmm. for being right. you know show me your ID well
2: and asking for ID yeah all the time and I and I appreciate I, and this is where I felt like I'm like holy shit is this 2021 because Ice Cube many times was basically like do we swear on your show Darren of fucking course okay fuck you I don't need to give you my ID and I was like this is this is you know the Black Lives Matter movement in 1995 which yet again a movement has been going on for over 250 years of Black Lives Matter. (laughs) There's been lots of, this wasn't new, right, in 2020. But anyway, um, and I really appreciated when the security is trying to talk down the gentleman that just opened fire, the white supremacist, Nazi sympathizer, whatever, how they deal with him compared to how they deal with Omar Epp's character, was night and day, and that said everything it needed to say in that scene.
0: Yeah, they're right? beating the shit out of one person. It's And,
2: oh, yeah. son, you have your life ahead of you, it's okay to the white guy. Privilege right there, given the benefit of the doubt. Well, the black student was already guilty before anything happened. And that was an underlining theme in this movie. Oh, yeah, black, you were guilty. White, Maybe you, maybe you didn't mean to shoot all those people from the top of the rooftop. Maybe. It was a mistake, right? Like, it was, to me, that, that scene, I was like, fuck yes. Thank you for going here. Because that took balls to go there, especially in
0: 1995. This is a... I don't even know how many times I've seen this movie. First time I saw it, I was 14 or 15, it it wasn't really like anything I had really seen as a movie. And I think that's a bit more common of a thing to see people going there nowadays. But in the early or mid-90s, I feel like there had to have been politicians angry about this movie.
2: I think there was post-secondary institutions that would have been pissed because one of my favorite things that they say in it and as a throwaway line unless you work in post-secondary, um, after the shooting occurs, which is towards the end of the film, they say the, so the camp so the police the state police have said something. We're still waiting on a comment from the post-secondary institution. And um, working for a post-secondary institution, working for two actually, um, going to school at one because my master's has sat at a different school than what I work at. Um, I can tell you that school's number one priority is their image, and this would ruin their image. So now they're trying to figure out how do we keep butts in the seat and make people still want to come here um, and get the best star athletes, which may be you know, African-American, depending on the sports that they want them to play. And football is a big thing in the States, and there's a lot of African-Americans that play football. I know that there's individuals that are white as well. Um, and that brings in a lot of money for the school. So they're trying to figure out how to make that look not so bad when it looks pretty fucking bad. <laughs> like there's no other way to dice around that. Um, we had a situation at the school that I work at, and this is publicly known. We had, um, we had a coach that was sexually abusing women, uh, young girls for over 25 years and uh, girls came forward and their just, dis- their concerns were uh, dismissed because uh, he got people to the Olympics. And then finally, last year, everything blew up. He was he was uh, discharged with pay. And the school made a statement. And there was a couple of profs that felt it wasn't good enough. And they put together a letter. And they got a whole bunch of staff to sign it. And we said we wanted more justice. And they pursued more justice. But that's a small little school in ontario and that's just what came to the limelight if you i'm not sure if you're getting my point with this but it's there's yeah. a lot of shit that happens at post secondary and this and they cover shit up all the time but like oh, that was yeah. covered up for 25 years right uh, and
0: speaking you know of jim jordan i've got a story to tell you when you're done with yours oh please i'm done Well, Jim Jordan was the assistant wrestling coach at Ohio State University. I will probably be murdered by a football fan if I do not correct myself now and say the Ohio State University. That seems to be a thing they get (laughs) upset about. (laughs) But there were uh, a couple years ago uh, former wrestlers that came forward saying that they were molested by their coach and that. Jim Jordan knew about it and didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. Uh, Quite a few instances of that. And then there was, I'm pretty sure this is a separate person. Uh, There's also the very famous, at least around here case of Dr. Richard Strauss, who worked for Ohio state for over 20 years. There was something between 40 and 50 rape accusations and over almost fifteen hundred uh, accusations of inappropriate touching. Yep. And that none of this is shocking. Yeah. <laughs> right. And this is what we know about. This is
2: what we know about.
0: Yeah, the and, shit they um, couldn't get. PR'd and there's shit where away. people
2: aren't believed. It's swept under the carpet. People are paid out. And I and I understand post secondary is a business. No matter how and and I like how higher learning kind of represented that like at the beginning they have that like rally that's to be like oh you're the best school ever things are going to be great you're going to expand your learning and you do and I'm not trying to say post-secondaries don't try to right their wrongs and they do try to evolve absolutely I don't think they're all these big evil places where people go and have you know racist shit and sexual assaults I don't think that's all that post-secondaries are but there is that line of like how are we going to make this okay because we're a business at the end of the day and we need to have people feel comfortable with coming here. And I, and it was, as I said, it was a throwaway line, but for someone who works in post-secondary, I was like, yep, (laughs) (laughs) sounds about right. Because, you know, what happened on that campus was a hate crime. And that's a really hard thing to make people feel safe where it's somewhere that you expect people to be of a higher cultural level, intellectual level, accepting. And and a lot of that is fostered. We could see that through the courses and and through a lot of the in, engagement. But we also saw these, you know, systematic racism, whether it's shutting down the, the African-American party or asking the African-Americans for ID or the whole, I'm here on a scholarship and that's how I got here. Um, other people don't have to worry about that. And it's not saying that if, you know, you're not at school on a scholarship or you're white, it doesn't mean you didn't work hard. Like, I don't think that anyone is saying, you know, Heather, you're privileged. I'm like, oh no, look at me. I've, I've had to pay my own way through college and my own way through my master's. Of course, yes, that doesn't mean I didn't work hard. It just means that I don't have to deal with the barrier of my skin color as something else to help me get to where I am today. And I feel like this this film actually captured that really well for 1995. And it was besides little things like that Lawrence Fishburne, where I was like, no, it is his race. Because we can socially economic, you know, trace things back to slavery and generational poverty, <laughs> generational wealth by slave owners. Like there's certain facts that are facts. Yeah, but, but besides those minor critiques, like it was pretty spot on in a lot of different places.
0: And I think they glanced on the, the class rather than race, issue with the Kristen character because, you know, this was 1995, so it has to be taking place sometime around then. Her family was rich. They were doing great in the 80s, and then they were the family that when the 90s hit, which she said her dad got laid off from McDonnell Douglas, which I think is a military contractor. I know they started out as an aviation company. I don't know if they turned into a thing, but I know there was – uh, a movie I watched with Tom Selleck and Don Amici, where the whole plot was around buying stock in that company early was worth a whole bunch of money now because they did something with the government. But anyway, her richer friends sort of went away from her. Uh, yeah, the, you they know did. It was an interesting thing that I... I don't think I noticed the last time I watched it. She's not necessarily one of my favorite characters, but I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe that I, It could be tainted by she was a really early and still is a strong, strong Trumpian now.
2: Oh, I didn't know that. Really, Yet, that's interesting.
0: Uh, she very recently popped back up in the, the news updates that a person like me who Googles the types of things I Google would get alerted about that she says that if they take Trump out of Home Alone 2, then she wants herself cut out of all these other movies by liberal directors. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Because these are not issues, all right? Like, we should need to
2: focus on. <laughs> yeah. She, she, she's like, loopy. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 she... <laughs> Like I think people and 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 you know, I'm gonna say something that I, I don't care if Trump is in Home Alone too. All right, yeah. like that's to me so small fish to what the bigger issues are. But I'm yeah, that's unfortunate that she's taken that stance now. And in the movie, honestly, she's kinda wishy washy. I felt like the one thing they kinda did a half ass job of doing is covering um the various types of sexual relationships one could engage in and sexual identities. I felt like they kinda like danced on it but they didn't really commit to anything of it.
0: It <laughs> almost seemed like it was to move the plot to a different thing. Yeah. It, uh, like and to show wipe... that her
2: roommate was maybe a little homophobic, which is sometimes known from the African-American community, especially at that time, maybe. Um, I felt like they were kind of playing on that stereotype, which is, which is fine. It's 1995. I can accept it for 1995. I just was like, wait... Like, you're kind of da- dancing on the fact that she may be bi, but you're not, like, really <laughs> – like, she's holding hands with her friend on campus, and people are staring at her. Like, I don't know if – it seemed a little superficial.
0: Yeah, and uh, Rem – well, like, with – it seems a lot of uh, sexual insecurity in the white nationalist movement. You know, there's yeah, Remy freaking out on the guy, thinking he wants yes. to take him to have sex with him or something. Uh, which but, i didn't you know. get
2: from you want to grab a drink i would just assume so like anyway it's yeah it was like hey man you want to get a
0: drink it's like i'm no word that i won't say yeah uh- <laughs> yeah
2: and i'll say that they were they used words in this that um i know you and i both don't use in our regular vocabulary ever um and i will give them credit for going there because i think it made sense in the context when it was ma- when it was said um it wasn't said to glorify those terms at all. It was said to basically show how destructive they can be, and I can accept it for that point in 1995 as as history and where it was used. It you know, as I think any person that doesn't agree with uh, white supremacy or racial sy- systematic racism, you would be upset when some of these terms were used, or you you don't like homophobic terms, you would be upset.
0: <laughs> they weren't used, you know. Yeah, a positive was, way uh, there's a very 90s vernacular in this in this movie yes
2: yes but it was also very you know I think this is a movie that definitely needs to be watched by people now with a different lens I think if I had watched this in the 90s plus at 15 um, I probably would have been like but we're all great and everybody's the same why are they asking those guys for their ID all the time what is going on like I grew up in a primarily white school. We had a handful of people that weren't white and I never really experienced multiculturalism till I went to university and I never really thought about it. I never, um, like in the opening scene when she gets, Kristen uh, gets into the elevator with Omar Epps and she holds onto her purse. I've never walked by anybody and held my purse. Uh, the only time I've done that is when I'm on the TTC in Toronto and it's super tight and I don't want to pickpocket it. And it has nothing to do with, it. it's just the volume of people that are around me. And I try to like hold my stuff to me as close as possible, <laughs> um, you know, or New York City when I've been on the subway and done that. But I've never, you know, and I'm not trying to say, oh, I'm so great. I don't have any racist tendencies because we all do. We all do, you know, things that are maybe we don't realize we're doing, but it could be suppressing somebody. Absolutely. I just never reacted like that, and I always think it's interesting when I see it and I thought that was interesting that that was in the op- one of the opening scenes really um and it was subtle, but it was you know drawn attention to
0: yeah uh, it was it was in the introduction of the i think you could say the three main characters are Malik Kristen and Remy, yeah, we see them coming to campus as the beginning of their freshman year uh, fudge's sixth. Year or whatever the fuck the super yeah, duper senior. Yeah, he's been there for a while. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah, they're meeting the roommates and everything. And I never lived on campus because I went to college here.
2: Oh, same with me. I never lived in residence.
0: Uh, I have slept in dorms. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's you. Know,
2: too. My, I visited my friends.
0: Yeah, I I had girlfriends who lived in dorms, and you know when we went on tour, sometimes we would end up letting someone letting us crash at their at their dorm or things. I we <laughs> one one college in Pennsylvania, we slept in their common room, which seemed really fucking weird, but the entire college was something like 1500 students. So, oh, okay. Yeah. So they said, "Oh, you know, we talked to the other three people who might give a shit, and yeah, you can all sleep on the couches." Um uh, you know, at the University of Connecticut, at least at that nice. time, the, the students were really into this weird thing where they made fake weapons out of PVC pipe and foam. And they'd have, like, <gasps> larp, LARPing battles on the rooftops. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, so I, and I've, I've spent decent amount of time. And before I even went to college, you know, the main punk club here is right across the street. It's, I mean, it's on Ohio State campus, but if you cross the street, you're pretty much right in the middle of the beginning of campus. So there's a oh, lot wow. of interaction and walking through. We'd get our tires slashed if we parked too close to a frat to, you know, take, oh my our, God. take our gear into the clubs. And oh, man. I'd definitely been thrown into bushes by a bunch of frat dudes because if you yell OH <laughs> on game day, you have to say I O or you get accosted by drunken frat dudes who were turning over cars in the beginning of this movie
2: yeah i i liked how they represented frats i i personally think frats are a dated practice to say the minimum um we don't have a lot of frats in canada the big schools have a couple like uh, we have some larger universities that there's some but it's not like it is in the states Mm. you don't You know, like what for like I'd be hard pressed to someone find someone that went to a fraternity. I'd really have to like ask a lot of people to find somebody.
0: Okay, well that's that's uplifting to hear. Uh... yeah, it's not really a thing. (laughs) That was another reason why Singleton said that he wanted to make this movie, because he said it seemed like a lot of college movies were about I'm getting laid and I'm getting drunk and that's the movie. Yeah. And he, you know, he went to college, I think he was in a fraternity, mm. uh, but I don't know what kind of fraternity it was. He went to like an arts college. But so he, he uh, as with it, seem, he seems to have a familiarity with everything he's written about, which I think kind of shows in, in his films.
2: Absolutely. And the, the um, Canada system, by the way, is more public funded than, uh, American system. Like I, in my master's of education, we compare the two education systems a little bit and America has a lot more privatization of universities, colleges. You can have more like, you know, Christian colleges. We have a couple up here, but it's nowhere to the extent like majority of our colleges are publicly funded. If you're a Canadian citizen, a lot of people don't know this, but 50% of your tuition is paid for by the Canadian government. So, um, I know this is because we're in a university. If you're a Canadian citizen, uh, the government pays for 50%. You pay for the other 50%. Um, and there's a little bit more of regulations of what all the schools have to do. And we're all part of different committees. So I work for co-op, which is uh, integrated learning in the workplace. And there's a standard that we need to follow across Canada when it comes to what co-op terms include, what students have to do, um, how they're evaluated. And we have to follow that in order to keep our certification, which you, need because then you don't get funding so you need to keep all those things up so it's a little different than the states um and maybe that's why we don't have fraternities i don't know um yeah it's it's weird it's just never been a thing here and maybe it was a long time ago but nowadays besides a handful of the big schools
0: not a lot i know i've met people that are nice from fraternities but I've met plenty of fucking dickheads. Well, I think it builds
2: a very unhealthy relationship, to be quite honest. I think it builds a lot of – I think it builds a rape culture or sexual assault culture to start off with. I think it – for females, it builds a very privileged belief of what is important in quote-unquote sisterhood and a lot of unhealthy body image and self-worth stuff. And, you know, I'm sure if we look at the history of them, they didn't – you know – probably come from the best startings and yeah absolutely you can be a nice person to be part of a fraternity but it's the overall functioning of the system that may be the problem you know you can be a a nice person and still engage in shitty things (laughs) (laughs) or be around shitty people that doesn't change the overall functioning of the system right so Um, But yeah, I agree. I do like how this movie kind of expanded on not just the fraternity piece of it. I I really enjoyed the financial aid, how they tied that in there, actually, too. Um, The professor making them stand up in the class, I was shocked. Uh, That would not happen nowadays in a post-secondary institution. Uh, Not if that professor didn't want to have better hope that they're tenured or they're going to be fired. Um, Yeah, so that was interesting. Like this was, yeah, this was really a movie that I didn't think captured aspects of higher learning very well, That that transfers over. And I, you know, the one thing that we're really pushing, at least at my institution, is about three years ago, we had a, um, um, our Black group on campus, which is called um, Black Wolf Students Association, uh, march our student town hall and say that they were tired of the colonization on school textbooks, that they were tired of black students being treated like second-class citizens, which they were, you know? (laughs) It's a primarily white campus that I work at, and they were right, and things had to change. And we now have diversity courses that all staff and students have to take. You have to actually complete this course if you're a student if you wanna graduate from the University of Guelph with a degree. Um, we've tried to make more visual, uh, black appreciation. So we have performers in our student, um, our student hall where student, where there's different, um, every month there's something different. We also have black history month as well. And, but that's, you know, you gotta be careful that it's not just superficial stuff. You have to kind of bleed it through and I when I came to the University of Guelph, I used to work in a really diverse area. For anyone who knows Mississauga, it's just outside of Toronto, and I worked with a lot of newcomers to Canada. Um, usually, I was the only one that didn't speak a second language. You know, I was usually around people that spoke different languages than me. And when I came to Guelph, I was stupefied of how white it was. It was like White Watch, and I remember saying to my boss, "This is a problem. Like, <laughs> this is an issue, because how are we going to be able to?" ensure that students from different nationalities feel comfortable when they don't see anyone that looks like them and they all they see is these white people dictating how things are going to be and I can say that golf has made an effort to make that change but it takes time and that's what systematic racism is you know people think it's this overt, like using the n-word or you know people holding on to their purses it's it's just I walk into a room and I see no one who looks like me and doesn't have the same cultural beliefs as me. And, you know, I don't feel comfortable speaking to someone because they don't look like me. And, you know, I, I, I'm going to go on a really bold limb here. Darren, you and I don't have that problem. Like, we're white. We go on TV. Most people look like us. I'm, I don't know what your college campus was like. Yeah, yeah we had diversity, pretty, pretty but most mixed, of my profs looked like me on campus. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I think that this movie kind of touched on that for 1995. They did have a black prof, which was great. But, you know, I I think if this movie was remade now, they'd be going a lot deeper with the systematic, you know, racism and what that looks like. And, you know, white people need to stop getting upset about it. (laughs) Like This isn't saying that you're a bad person. okay? like no one's saying you're a bad person. It's just acknowledging that you have things that other people don't and that may create some inequalities and we want to work towards not having those equalities. So it's a betterment for everybody. Like that's not a complicated thing, but people get really upset. And um, yeah, hopefully our further generations will get past that.
0: Yeah. Here's hoping people more more and more people recognize that for someone else to get, more equitable rights. It's not taking away your right, except for your right to take away their right. Right, like to to decolonize
2: our textbooks, and maybe not act like white European settlers were the best thing since sliced bread. Because guess what? We want to survive without the Native Americans or Indi- indigenous people that were here telling us what the fuck to do. Like. <laughs> No whiteys would have survived that, right? Like let's have some real talk here. When they all came over from France and England and Ireland, like this was rough terrain back, you know, eighteen hundreds, seventeen hundreds. So we relied on other cultural groups to help us be successful. So to just whitewash history and, you know, advocate that we were the best is, is bullshit because we weren't. <laughs> we wouldn't be here at this point if it wasn't for other groups. And we wouldn't have the wealth that we had. Like, slavery made a lot of people wealthy. Whether that's, you know, something you want to hear or not doesn't mean it's not true. So it's it's knowing this stuff and, you know, realizing the privilege you have and going, hey, you know what? How can I, how can I level the playing field? Is this buying from Black businesses? Is this me attending, you know, a Black History Month on campus? And, you know, I do those things. I don't pretend like I get it. I'm not. I'm a white woman. I don't fucking get it. But- I'm there to listen, tell me how I can support you. And I'll do that. If I can use my privilege to help you get ahead. Awesome. Why wouldn't I do that? You've given a lot to me. And looking back in my heritage, a lot to where I came from. And people need to just get over themselves. Sorry, Darren, I'm being kind of blunt,
0: Um, but they do. That's what we're we're here for.
2: (laughs) Stop getting so sensitive. Like shit happened, man. It's the truth doesn't mean that you're a bad individual it just means that here's an opportunity for you to help other people or just make things equitable and it's not that people need your help it's we've created a society that isn't fair so let's let's make it fair then everybody wins everybody pays more taxes everybody gets better jobs we have better health like it's not just about it's the right thing to do it's an economic thing to do and I feel like that's what sometimes people who are right-wing, and I'm not calling out anyone in particular, don't get. You sure you A don't diverse... want to call out
0: anybody in particular? No. <laughs> <laughs> you don't
2: want to stir some well, shit up? I know. I'm like, and these are the podcasters. No, that's not true. I don't know any podcasters that are strong right-wing. So
0: Right-wing um, podcasters don't talk to me. Even about regular yeah. things for the most part.
2: Right? Like... Like if you have people that are well educated and have opportunities, they pay more taxes which go back into the system, they're more likely to be healthy. They're less likely to drain health like why would you not want that? I don't understand how it's not good for business. And and because you're worried that somebody's gonna get a bigger piece of cake than you. Like, don't worry, white people. We're getting lots of cake. We can afford All other
0: people to have some cake like that analogy you know better rights for somebody doesn't mean yours are going away it's not pie
2: right? it's not and you know and and the economic benefits like okay i know i'm gonna go on a really side rant here and i apologize Um, go for it you guys talked about your incentives how much money has every american got now because of the covid thing
0: oh man okay let's see it depends they didn't okay. give everybody the same amount, which is okay. super extra weird and confusing. I think the average, when well, I don't even want to say average person, I've gotten, I believe, give or take a, a decimal point and whatnot. I feel like I have had just myself, you know, a man and I each get a thing or each got a thing. But I think I got two thousand dollars since. Okay. Since uh March or April.
2: So is that something that was um, like every American got around that? Was there anyone that got a lot more than that, or was it basically around two grand the entire time?
0: It well, corporations got billions of dollars. Okay. The people, individual
2: person, yeah,
0: individual people. That was what everybody was supposed to get. Uh, was a payment okay. in the springtime and a payment, the the fourteen hundred dollar thing just now.
2: So it was interesting when I listened to your thing last week. Um, your your great podcast. Uh, Bo made a point of uh, you know I would I didn't need the two thousand dollars. I could have had that given to someone else. That's what we did in Canada, right? So we had people that lost their job and they went on something called SERV, which was basically an income supplement. And you got two grand a month. I did not see any money throughout this entire thing. I have been gainfully employed. I at my part time job and my full time job. And you know what? I didn't need the fucking money. So I'm really happy that it went to the people who needed the money. And $2,000 a month for some people is um, great. For some people, it's not enough. Now, there was also uh, child bursaries that you could get for kids. And, you know, we don't have to worry about doctor bills here. Like, you you go to the hospital if you're sick and it's taken care of. Like, you don't worry about that. If you have a child under the age of 21, it's free prescriptions here in the province of Ontario. If you don't have an additional health plan, kids can get medicine. So you're not worried about that piece of it and we also have various other income support programs as well and I just didn't understand like never once throughout this entire thing have I been like why am I not getting money Like, (laughs) I know I'm not getting money I'm being paid so of course I want that money to go to other people because I want them to be able to pay their bills so we don't go into recession and people start losing their houses and properties go down in value I also want people to be able to buy food maybe take out here and there so we can continue to support our local businesses. Like I'm not like, Oh man, they got money and I didn't. And I feel like honestly, that is one of the biggest problems with uh, the American culture. Is <laughs> everyone's all upset that everyone has to get the same. Why? Why is someone making a hundred grand a year need $2,000 for right now? They don't. That money should be going to somebody else to help people stay afloat.
0: I just yeah. don't get it. That well, because of the the decades long progress uh, well, regress of the Conservative Party to strip away social safety nets and decrease welfare, to decrease food assistance, and everything like that. I'm not sure why it, it, like, when I complain about the Congress plan, with the fourteen hundred dollar versus the two thousand dollar one, is because I know that somebody who needs that money isn't getting it. I'm not expecting to get any, although mm-hmm. I do get some. It is, I think, it is bullshit that in, I mean, how is this? What nine months, ten months? Mm-hmm. Uh, since since how's that?
2: How's that doing anything for the people that lost their job who work in hospitality who are in the lower classes that have bought into this American bullshit dream shit that doesn't really exist. And we have people who are making good money, getting $2,000 to me as the American people, you guys should all be fucking pissed. You should be pissed that you have a government that has convinced you that unless you look at the same, it's not fair. Well, your neighbor next door is trying to figure out how they're going to feed their fucking kids. Like at what point, do you sit and look at yourself and go, them being in poverty affects me. It affects our healthcare system. It affects how much taxes they're able to pay into things. It, it affects the longevity of how our country looks economically. It affects everything. But I better get my two grants so I can have a PS5. Like, what the
0: fuck, dude? You guys the, deserve better. The amount You should of- go for better we should and I fucking hope so because things like this like you might not know because it doesn't make any fucking sense the US government pays now for people's health care more than it would if we had a universal system
2: so then <laughs> you know I had the most interesting conversation with someone and I don't know enough about your health care right like I'll be honest I it's, it's I garbage. just know it's <laughs> privatized right like that's all I know yeah. And we were talking about insurance and they're like, well, you pay a deductible. I'm like, and they're talking about how their friend is like, Oh, I don't want to have the Canadian system because you have to pay. I'm like, but don't they pay a deductible? They're like, yeah. I'm like guaranteed your deductible is more than I pay in my taxes. They asked me to figure out how much I pay off my paycheck for healthcare. And it's incorporated into the provincial tax I pay. I don't know, maybe 50 bucks every paycheck, maybe, Maybe. And I make, and I have no problem sharing this. I make around 80000 a year. So I am definitely in a higher income bracket. Like, and I'm not like, oh man, my money went to healthcare. I've had my appendix removed. I have had, I was very sick in the hospital with celiac disease. I've had my tonsils out. I've gone for ER visits and I've never paid a single dime. I've never gone into the hospital and thought, gee, how am I going to fucking afford this visit today? And and I'm not paying deductibles to some insurance company and losing worried about losing my job and then I have no health care and then during a pandemic, how do they get support? But here's two thousand dollars to everybody so it's fair and no one gets upset. Let the fucking people get upset. <laughs> Give the money to people that need it so that they can survive this economically and socially. It's better for everybody. But there's a big gap there. Poor Bernie. I feel so bad for Bernie. Like I get that he talks and people just don't get it. They're like, no, no, Bernie, that won't work. He's like, but, and Aaron's like, nah, not you. But there's a lot of people that just don't get what he's saying. And it's a shame. If if Americans just looked north and bothered to use Google besides yourself and a handful of other people, you'd learn a lot. So if you're listening to this right now, Google Canada. (laughs) And please, God, learn something. I'm not saying we're a perfect country. I'm not saying that we don't have problems with our healthcare system. Absolutely, everything has a fault to it. But at least look how other countries do things and go. Hmm, maybe there's something we can borrow or take or include in our system.
0: Maybe this would be a good idea. Well, and it's it's the type of healthcare in the military and in uh, federal government. You have universal healthcare.
2: Yeah, you're covered. That's one of the biggest selling features for U.S. military,
0: right? Yeah. So. But what that... a way
2: to keep your military big, right?
0: Yep, keep the military big. Yep. And also another thing with uh, employment being linked to healthcare for so many people, it really cuts down on people calling in sick or protesting for workers' yep. rights or protesting for anything because, yep. you know, if yep. you get fired, you don't have health insurance. And you're and lucky that... to have it if you do. I The only time I ever had an employer who put really – much into my healthcare care was when I worked for the university. Yeah. But, uh, you know, like you were talking about, with you were paying about $50 a paycheck or $50 and that's, a month. And
2: I'm probably overestimating. It's probably less than that. Okay. Like, I don't actually know how much it is <laughs> <laughs> because it's such a small amount to begin with because we're all paying it. And I'm being a higher income bracket, so I would pay a little bit more, because that's how taxation works, right? The more you make, yeah. the more you pay.
0: You should right? in, in other places. Um, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's another fucking thing uh, yeah. in, in America with the, uh, the Republican tax cut in 2017, which I think it was 80% benefited people who made – they were thinking that people – the middle class, there were people who wrote that tax bill who thought the middle class – Made uh, either one is ridiculous, but it's either two hundred thousand or four hundred thousand dollars a year. That was their definition what? of middle class in there. It doesn't
2: make any fucking sense. In
0: their tax bill. <laughs> oh god, systematic. You know, if if that's middle <laughs>
2: class, then then the working class is what predominantly runs your country, then. Because you if you think? did a census, there's no way there's that many people that make that much money. No. Or you wouldn't have people going into rears and losing their houses and other things that have happened. <laughs> like, yeah. like, I don't get why people don't connect the dots, you know? It's
0: Well, <laughs> I think part of it, if, if we want to go into it, is, is there used to be a thing called the Fairness Doctrine in american mm-hmm. uh, media and news and that was that when you're not just saying straight up facts if you're doing opinions you have to have equal time for the opposing opinion ronald reagan among other horrible people got rid of all of that and Excellent. they deregulated That's theory. Ronald media, reagan thing. and so it became a op- allowable again for weapons manufacturers to buy news sources for billionaires to buy news sources and call it news and uh, I have I don't have a whole lot of hope but there is a small bubbling thing of trying to bring back the fairness doctrine even though I don't know how it would really work with internet and everything wasn't really a thing back then but I think when uh, okay, a little bit back towards hockey, but also into politics. I, the Blue Jackets are only—they're uh, na- nationally broadcast. Anybody outside the original six teams don't get a whole lot of national TV. Yeah. But there is Fox Sports, and there is Fox Sports Ohio. And Fox Sports Ohio got bought by a pro-Trump— Media company called Sinclair, who over the last few years, they they buy all these little TV stations and news networks all around America, and then decide their programming. Uh, they would run editorial as fact or as news, and a lot of it is very pro Trump, very pro conservative, and that. But they uh had to broadcast all of that in each news source without saying that this is opinion piece and that's all over the country. So that makes it seem more and more true because more and more places they're saying it, even though if you take two seconds to look into who owns the company, this and that, the other thing, but anyway, they, they're doing a very conservative Republican type campaign right now. They got into a bidding war with all of the streaming services Mm. And they took away the contracts for Fox Sports Ohio with YouTube, Hulu, whatever, Roku, all these other people, and even some of the cable companies, and you can only get it if you switch to this one cable company they like. And they keep running commercials they sold saying, a monopoly. Yep, get your teams back. You should be mad at these people for making you not have the teams that you want. Don't you want your teams? And mm. I was just kind of like, fuck you. I, I, like I said, I hold a grudge. Last year, they played post-game interviews of regular season baseball instead of the beginning of a Blue Jackets playoff game. So, fuck you, Sinclair. I will find other fuck ways you. to watch. I'll, to watch my, watch my thing. If we're talking about privilege, here I am complaining about not getting to stream. But you my know hockey. what, though,
2: that's a great though outline of where private citation, corporate greed, and then manipulation is being used to direct a mass audience. You know, to whatever source. They feel the need that they want to have directed to send a specific message. And I think that's actually a really good example. And even though it is a, a privileged example, that's okay. Because that's still the people that can make the biggest impact are the people that have privilege. So, that's the reality.
0: That's one of the reasons why I'm such a fucking right? loudmouth. I'm a right. <laughs> heterosexual white male that's not... Um... Hindered by many things. I, you know, I talked shit to a cop without even noticing it one time. And it uh, very, not very recently, last time when people were allowed to go out and do things. <laughs> uh, like, so five years ago. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so five, about five years ago uh, was the last time that I really kind of reminded myself of where I kind of stand. Is, you know, I was leaving a punk festival and there were police out there. Sort of being shitty to people, acting, thinking that, uh, acting like they thought everyone was drunken on drugs and all this other shit, and I was just got mouthy, and I was like, "Wait a second, I didn't even think about that. I didn't even think about yeah." I'm in the, the middle of the night. I'm out in the middle of fucking nowhere. I've got to walk to get to the car, and it it didn't even really occur to me until. A couple minutes later, I was like, Oh look look what I did without even thinking about it. That ah, uh, He's know. right
2: though. It, That's stuff we don't have to think about. You know, I don't have to think about walking into a room or going somewhere and seeing people that look like me. I don't have to worry about turning on TV and seeing things that represent my my racial group or my lifestyle. Like I have to actively pursue things that are not that. And I think you just, you really hit the nail on the hammer and a higher learning, you know, not to tie it all back to the movie all the time, but it really did show that there was a primary group in that school and everyone else was secondary. And it, and it didn't shy away from that.
0: Like Columbus University, speaking of imperialism.
2: Right. Right. And he has that great speech about it, about Columbus, actually. Um, it's a really, you know, and, and we've hit on a lot of political stuff today and, you know, we sound like a leftist ep- echo chamber, and um, <laughs> I'm fine with that because if, if someone wants to insult me by telling me that I'm a liberal and I believe in equality and I believe in everyone having economic stability and the ability to access healthcare and that we should treat people... Um, You know, recognize differences in culture and celebrate those differences and allow people to use those but not have them hold them back. If that is an insult, then call me a leftist liberal all day long. Keep it coming because I don't think that's, I I wouldn't want to be anything else and I'll never be anything else. And, um, you know, I just, I really think that for my friends out there who, you know, I don't think any people listen to this that are super, right wing right wing isn't bad but look at what economically you could get out of everyone having equal opportunities <laughs> think of the money that could be developed from people having access to post secondary education being able to be successful not just based on generational wealth and you know we could have a really really economic stable in north america more so than we do now. It could be better. Better for everyone, including you. So think about that. Next time you get angry at a leftist liberal, it's, it's not all just about rainbows and sunshine.
0: We want to make your it's, lives it's better, It's economically too. better.
2: <laughs> and I feel like that's sometimes the message you need to give people is that economically things could be better. <laughs> like they could be. Like I don't see why you wouldn't want to see somebody doing better and putting money back into the system. That's, that's a good thing. And and having education does help with that because, you know, look at Darren. Darren's an extremely educated individual, and he's able to state his points well and examine things. And everyone should have that opportunity to be like Darren. Be like Darren.
0: <laughs> I like Darren.
2: Right? Like, you, you do, though. You present your points well, and you're well-read, but you had the background to become that. It's a challenge yeah. to okay. ask questions. If you didn't do that and you didn't have this podcast and like, you know, we're even privileged to have this podcast yeah. and to share these views. And, you know, I really love the angriness that comes from court and Vanessa um, and you and Bo and the passion, but you guys shouldn't have to be so angry to get to be heard. But unfortunately you do. And that's a problem.
0: Do I come on? Like, off? we should just...
2: Go ahead. Not as angry as Core. Court, I love you. You're so mad that I
0: take that.
2: <laughs> I really do, actually. I love how angry he is. But he's angry because no one's listening. <laughs> and he's making valid points. And nobody's listening. And, you know, I, I think Higher Learning is a movie um, that everyone here that's listening should watch. I think you should watch it with 1995 eyes. And I think you should watch it with 2021 eyes. And really pull away from that where you are and what difference you can make because we all have the ability to make things better and we all win when things are better like we all win (laughs) there's no there's no like loser when everyone's economically stable and you know there's food on the table and healthcare and you know you're talking about the sick leave and how people can't take sick leave and stuff well that's why the pandemic got so bad guys like if people can't stay home because they got to go to work and they're sick and they make other people sick like hello (laughs) problem so like let's let's find a way to make sure because this will not be our first or last pandemic so we need to figure out a way and and that goes for Canada too we need to figure out a way to make sure people can stay safe and healthy and that our healthcare system can handle this shit because it will not be the last it's a global world now Um, and having education makes that easier too
0: yeah a lot of common sense things could make things a lot Better. I I know we we were talking about things that would be beneficial to people. Uh, the federal minimum wage in America. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But fifteen dollars,
0: right? It, right now it's seven dollars and twenty five cents. What? It has been seven dollars and twenty five cents since it went up at in two thousand nine. It's fifteen dollars in Ontario. It's fifteen dollars in some states. But federally, yeah. it's seven dollars and twenty five cents, and there are people how does someone
2: survive on seven dollars and twenty five cents an hour?
0: Like, but we're gonna have Big Macs costing thirty dollars. Like <laughs> even places where the minimum wage is above fifteen dollars, it doesn't fucking cost that much. And how come it is makes even more sense for somebody to sell something at a two hundred percent markup rather than expect. A uh, CEO to make less than eight hundred thousand dollars a day.
2: You know, I, I think we'll have to do another episode where we talk about the history of the United States and Canada and why we branched off in the first place, Ooh. why you guys were traitors to the Brit to the Britain and went I, on your own accord.
0: I asked Britain to take us back after the two thousand sixteen <laughs> election. They they would not. <laughs>
2: They're like, we washed our hands of Canada. Fuck you guys. We're not (laughs) taking you either. Um, You know, and I think, you know, we look at our two systems and we and we look at, you know, taxation without representation and and a lot of other stuff that, um, you know, some forming grounds as to why we we separated and. Developed our own two nations to where we are now, and you know I, I keep seeing this trend in the United States, and there's Canadians that feel this way too. Okay, I'm I'm I am a I am a liberal Canadian. You are speaking to a liberal Canadian, so that's a disclaimer right there. Uh, Seven dollars and twenty five cents an hour is not a livable wage. It's not, and I don't understand why people think it is. And you've been brainwashed. You know, by corporations and by CEOs who have convinced you that if you work hard enough and you, you know, just put your mind to it, that $725 to seven hundred and twenty-five, seven dollars and twenty-five cents an hour will will someday go up and you'll move up the ladder. No, you won't. There's stats that prove that. It's Cinderella stories of people that do that make it to fucking Shark's Hanks and they and they give that line to people. And um, you should be expecting more from the people at the top. Uh, Expecting them to pay more taxes and to you. <laughs> so,
0: if, if, if you subscribe you little... to, if you subscribe to pull yourself up by your bootstraps, untie your shoes or leave yep. them tied so you can hook your fingers into those loops. Stand up, pull really hard, and see if you go anywhere.
2: Yep, it is the biggest lie that has ever been. Promoted in popular culture, and this goes in Canada too, that if you work hard enough, you too can be a success. Yes, that can happen. It happens for the minority and it happens for those with generational wealth. Because if you come from wealth, then you will continue to be wealthy. That is how that works. You'll have access to the best schools. You'll have access to the best homes. You'll be able to study in a safe environment. You'll be able to go to your university of choice. You'll have connections. You'll be able to already fit in with the society that you're trying to get into. Like, those are stats. Those aren't fucking feelings. Those are (laughs) how it is. Um, And we need to stop this belief that people are failures if they don't work hard enough to get there. If you're making seven twenty-five an hour, you're basically just surviving. And, and the same, like I don't think fifteen dollars an hour at all. I don't think people in Ontario are like rolling in the dough. We have poverty here too. I'm not excusing my country or my province. It's minimum, but,
0: minimum, way, <laughs> minimum but wage, minimum wage. Like, it should be higher this, everywhere.
2: How do you pay rent on that? Like I know you guys are not taxed as much as we are, but even so, that's insane.
0: There is um, no, there is no state in America. At least last time I looked, there is no state where a single person working full time on minimum wage can pay for a two-bedroom apartment or something like that. It's, they go
2: into debt to keep themselves afloat, so they owe money that they can never pay back.
0: Yeah, like Fudge was talking about. You ever heard of the World yeah. Bank, yeah. IMF? Yes. <laughs> but you have a credit card though. Means. I wonder right? why.
2: Yeah. So it taught, yeah, they covered a lot of stuff in that movie. You're right. I forgot about that piece about the, um, the economic piece of it. So yeah, I feel like Darren and I are just super angry. So at the end of this, you should totally have Googled Canada, Googled the United States, looked at our systems, looked at what's good and bad that you, you know, like, or don't like, thought of where your situation is in life and make a change. (laughs) Either you're an advocate or you're going to start pushing back. Um, that's definitely how you should feel at the end of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if you don't, um, yeah, I don't know what else I can say to you. Yeah, I guess like, yeah,
0: if, if you don't and you've made it to this point in the episode, thank you for listening all the way through before yeah, a shitty like... review or whatever.
2: And, you know, and, and these are... You know, these are not emotions that I'm coming from here. I am someone who, when we say liberal in Canada, so there's three parties. There's the NDP, which is seen as very leftist. So they want things like universal dental care, um, a universal basic income, which means everyone receives a certain level of money from the government. Uh, Very, very left wing. Uh, Liberal, which has some conservative values as well with some leftists. And right wing. I actually really value a lot of what the NDP have to say. I would love to see universal health care in this country, and I think I will before my time is uh, So universal dental care in this country, which I think I will see before I pass on. I'm pretty sure that will eventually happen. I don't know about uh, universal income. I feel like our universal income should be uh, scale on who needs it and how much you receive. For example, I don't think I need it. I don't think I should be getting any of that, but someone who's being paid less, Absolutely. Um, so definitely, I, you know, I, I definitely sit in the middle bar here, but what Darren and I talk today are facts. Okay. These aren't feelings. I'm so sick of people saying that the left talks about feelings. Like none of this is feelings. These are statistical, historical things that have happened. <laughs> like they did. You may not like it, but it doesn't mean it didn't happen. And you have the choice to take the information And sort through it and think about how it impacts you or other people and then make a change. Stop saying it's about feelings. It's not about
0: fucking feelings. Just because people get upset about facts doesn't mean that it's based on feeling.
2: Like, if we're white, we probably generated from—we got some wealth from slave trade. It happened. All right? Like, it is what it is. Whether you like it or not, you don't have to. It's a fact. Well, you're and things have been easier. You can walk out of a punk concert and lip off a cop and not think twice about it. That's a fact. (laughs) Like, there are certain things that are just facts. And, you know, how much you pay for your deductible in healthcare. That's a fact. People having less sick time and not being able to get paid if they go off being sick, meaning they're going into work, spreading COVID-19, people getting sick. That's a fact. So... (laughs) Like, these are just things that are facts and
0: easy to look I think easy to
2: sooner. Yeah, they're easy and they're and they're common sense. Like if you really sit there and think about it, it they're common sense. And if I don't know if people really don't want to believe it, I don't think there's anything you can do. You know, like,
0: well, that's when you get into the consp- right? conspiracy theories. The more yeah. evidence to the contrary that you bring up to a conspiracy theory, the more that it's believed that it the conspiracy theory is true. Because they're trying to cover it up. What's the
2: conspiracy with with COVID? Was it that it was caused by cell phone towers at one time?
0: Oh, there are some people, uh, including, I believe, the guy that blew up the bomb in downtown Nashville on Christmas. He was, which I feel like people talked about for two days and then stopped talking about. Well, we know why. (laughs) <laughs> but he, yeah, he was a five G conspiracy theorist. That uh, okay. uh, the and, and you can look up Americans, we be dumb. Uh, there when they started putting in phone tower, phone lines, regular phone lines, there are all these editorial cartoons about how the phone lines are going to kill everybody, and it, there's just all <sighs> we don't have the cool rebellious thread that Australia has, where it's all the. The criminals, they got sent from other countries. <laughs> America's got that backbone of, and it, it is not a fucking founded on religion country, even if some of those people were, were religious. Plenty of them weren't. Uh, plenty of them were humanists. But there is a large dump of crazy religious people that left other countries.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> There's
2: You guys got some Quakers. I went down there. And you you know what? You guys were just mad about that fucking tea tax. You were like, you know what, Britain? Enough of this taxing of tea. Yeah,
0: Rich people not wanting to pay taxes is the backbone of America. (laughs) Uh, Slave owners saying that all men are created equal is the backbone of America.
2: You know, absolutely. And I feel like we could go into, we should cover antebellum one day. I uh, haven't seen
0: that, but I heard it's coming to uh, one of the streaming services I have.
2: I think you should watch it because some people watched it and were just upset because they're like, "Well, I know slavery is bad." That's not the point of the movie. <laughs> if you think if you need this movie to tell you slavery is bad, um, thank you for joining the rest of the class. But it's um, more than that. <laughs> So, yeah, we'll just continue to be angry and meet up every once in a while. Maybe Court will be on one day, and he can be super angry. And then, I'll, like, I'll go from this, like, kind of calm thing to being like, yeah, fuck yeah, Court, yeah.
0: I have confidence I can set that up. Cort... And then we'll bring Bo on, and he can be like,
2: okay, guys, you just need to calm down.
0: <laughs> C- C- Court, Bo er, uh, is that ray of optimism. That, yes, That uh, has help, helped me a couple times in the, the darker times of the last few years. And I was really curious to see, I hadn't had him in court on, and in one way they are, uh, they both want pretty a lot of the exact same thing, but they obviously have different ideas about how it's going and how to get there. Yep. So I was curious and happy to get them both on at the same time. And that that, that episode was, uh, ever since Court was on the first episode, we just talking about when, not when it's all over, because it's never going to be fucking over, but when Trump is no. gone, we're going to have a different kind of conversation. And.
2: It's like you guys got rid of the rabies dog. There's still aftermaths from the rabies, but like, at least the dog's been removed from the situation.
0: The, do- the dog is <laughs> on a
2: farm in Florida. That's right. <laughs> but um, no, it was, and, and you and Vanessa as well. Vanessa was, um, you know, also very, very clear in how she felt things were and, and how um, her strong views of, of accountability. And I think that was something that was echoed from all four of you is that you're looking for accountability and it's true. All four of you do want the same thing. Um, and I think Bo, yes, he is a little bit more hopeful and he's kind of also in the moment. Okay guys, like let's be realistic with what we can expect on day one. <laughs> like day one, let's, uh, let's set our expectations accordingly. Um but, yeah, I, I it's funny because when I hear them talk, I'm like, oh, you guys are like great in Ontario with liberal people, not so much with, you know, we do have KKK and we do have white supremacy in Canada. Like, don't, let's not pretend otherwise. It does exist. It exists everywhere. You know, I think Vanessa said you can fight, find white supremacy everywhere. You can find racism everywhere. You can find homophobia everywhere. Um, I think the only thing with Canadians is they tend to do it in the privacy of their own homes a little bit more than they do in the streets. It's just not as tolerated in public, in where I live. You know, there could be some small communities, um, you know, in different provinces where they're more rural and things like that are tolerated because the population base reflects those values, unfortunately.
0: It is the time that I ask if you want to, Finish up, plug your stuff and say goodbye or take a quick break and get into the rambly portion of the show. <laughs> but I feel like we could say goodbye for now. I'm just going
2: to keep seeing circles and being like, you know, because really what I want to get into with you later is more history stuff. Like, I think we've done a good job of talking about you know systematic racism, and you know how it's reflected in higher learning, and well, all this other stuff like the economics and yeah. socioeconomic status and stuff. But I think, as time comes, I think you should all be prepared for Darren and I to get even madder about other issues, and you're gonna hear like some angry history and comparisons, and we're just really just trying to get you to change your minds.
0: <laughs> we'll, do. we'll do antebellum. Really, you know- we'll do Confederate States of America. Mm, yeah we'll we'll find some stuff to do but and maybe we'll talk some hockey or some sports if it
2: makes people feel a little bit better <laughs> if,
0: if, yeah, if i would be down if if you guys if you folks want to hear us do slap shot i would totally do slap oh shot goodness. that'd be fun let us know
2: um but yeah I, you can find me on the friday nightmares podcast i'm also on the legion podcast network with scott crawford um I do another like horror commentary on another show, but I don't think anyone who listens to this show will want to listen to that show. So I would say Friday Nightmares is what you should stick with. And Darren, thank you so much. I feel like I um, rambled a lot. So no. I hope I didn't.
0: Um, it's, I, I I will cut out the bare minimum because that is sort of the point. I, I I've said this before, but if you you were listening for the very first time. One of the reasons why this show became this show was just so many different times where people I like to listen to talk about movies start to, not that you do this, but uh, some other people would, and especially about four years ago, there was a lot of, I don't really want to get into the politics of it, so we're going to skip that. Mm. And that, I... I get it. That is not very, (laughs) there's going to be about 50% of the people that are going to get annoyed hearing talk about politics because there's a 50-50 chance. Well, it it, it depends because, you know, like we were talking about in America and the way our government is represented, you know, I think it's like 70% of Americans want universal health care. That's just not how the elections go. And stuff like that. It's very popular things don't get covered because there's so many people going towards the center. And we can, yeah, anyway, we're wrapping up, not ramping up. So I will just say that, yeah, uh, <laughs> we're going to have some weird and fun conversations and some angry and some sad conversations. And you look like you and want
2: that's to okay. that. yeah. And that's no, okay. No, I think. I think this was not an angry, sad conversation tonight. I hope if anyone got from this, it was just two people coming from a viewpoint of their experiences yeah, two people um, that with have been the movie and then other things. Yeah. Right. Or what, you know, and just talking about a little bit into how everything kind of trickles out. Right. And, and I kind of did take the opportunity to share a little bit about Canada because I feel like people don't know a lot and it's not a perfect system at all. Not one bit, but I think it's useful to understand how other systems work, and I would encourage people to do that. You know, if anything I said tonight kind of, you know, sparked your interest and you were like, oh, I want to know more about that, um, Google it, take a look, look at different opinions, make your own decision on it. You know, that's the great thing about the freedom of information is that you can evaluate stuff that's given to you and decide where you want to go with it. And I definitely recommend watching Higher Learning with that 1995 view I talked about and the 2021 view. Because I think you'll get something out of it, hopefully.
0: And if I wasn't worried about a copyright strike, I would play the Ice Cube theme song, because this is a movie with a theme song about the movie that plays at the end. Is it really? Yes. Oh, nice. Nice, nice. It is is Ice Cube rapping about Columbus University and shit. Well, until then, until, well, I'm not sure who will be with me next time, but you, feather will be back before too long. And uh, everybody else, everybody that's listening to me right now, thank you for doing so. And don't forget to duck and cover. He did
1: what we all must learn to do. You and you and you and you. And you.